Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. Hey guys, welcome to episode 85 of Intuitive Bites. Today I'm chatting with Tracy Brown, who you may know from Instagram as Tracy Brown RD, and we are talking about the role of trauma in disordered eating recovery, um, both how it affects your healing process, but also how it may have played a role in you kind of developing these struggles around food and your body. Um, so this is an interesting one. This is something that uh, I have been, you know, kind of just curious about more recently. And it's certainly the, you know, conversations around trauma have only increased in recent years. So I was very much coming from a little bit of a beginner's lens with uh, with having this conversation with Tracy. So I think that'll be helpful for you guys in, you know, just starting to understand it as well. Uh, before I dive into this conversation with Tracy, just wanted to let you guys know that I am currently running a flash sale on all of my recorded masterclasses. So if you go to the intuitiverd.com slash shop, you will find um, that all of my masterclass recordings are currently only $20 each. They're typically on there for $30 each. Um, this is kind of my honeymoon week sale. If you don't already know, I'm away on my honeymoon in Aruba as this is being released. Um, yeah, but this is the sale for the entire week. So it ends on Saturday, October 9th. Um, so definitely take this opportunity to get your hands on some of those if you are interested. There is everything on there from what, you know, where to get started with intuitive eating to, you know, diet rebellion mode to healing your relationship with exercise. So you will find a full masterclass on various different topics. Um, so definitely go check that out. Uh, but that's all I have for you. Let's go ahead and listen into my conversation with Tracy. All right, Tracy, we are good to go. I am so excited to chat with you today on this I, this topic of trauma, but can you please just like introduce yourself and a little bit about the work that you do? All right, well, uh, Kirsten, thank you so much for having me on this evening. So my name is Tracy Brown. I'm a dietitian. I've been a dietitian since 2004, and I've been in private practice as a non-diet, trauma-informed eating disorder dietitian since 2006. And yeah, I provide one-on-one -on -one and group uh, counseling and coaching kind of all over the place, all over the world, and also train professionals to be trauma-informed with this work. And I'm glad to be able to share this like little nuance to maybe help some people feel a little bit more safe in their bodies or for some things that maybe we're going to talk about today to make sense. Awesome. Yeah. I know that like in my experience recently, I, I don't want to call trauma a buzzword because I'm hoping it, you know, of course it's, it's here to say we're building awareness collectively, but it's definitely been a thing that let, that's shown up for me, at least in various areas. Is that kind of like, is that a valid thing, like, you know, kind of idea? <laughs> it's definitely more, um, 
popular. And I, you know, I don't know if it's because the science has gotten less um, inaccessible and we have maybe more of a framework to help people with it now. I think that's probably part of it. But yes. it does feel like a buzzword. Um, but obviously, tra- people have been experiencing trauma since the beginning of people. So this is not a new thing. And I actually did, um, I had to do some research on this recently. I'm like, okay, well, what's the history of the study of trauma? And it's had its like phases too. So like it started with like early psychology and then it almost like every single time there was like a new worldwide crisis, Mm. it would be studied more if that makes sense. So it's like, I feel like we're in like this fourth or fifth iteration of like, oh, we need to look at this more closely and name it, not just war trauma, but like developmentally what we've had to uh, adapt to relationally to know if it's safe for us to get our needs met and there's just a lot that goes into it. but now we really understanding better relational trauma which most people have in terms of like feeling safe and connected or not and there's a giant intersection with that with our relationship with food okay this is so so interesting so I guess let's start with like a bare bones definition of trauma like how would you define that well so I'll just steal Peter Levine and he's a trauma um one of the kind of pioneers in this recent last 30 40 years of um, trauma study and then actually um something more pragmatic that we can use to help people so peter levine says that trauma isn't the event it's the lack of a compassionate witness in the aftermath so we've probably all had very difficult things happen to us or you can observe like wow so so and so went through this really rough childhood, yet they kind of went on to what it seems to be pretty, like, you know, like productive and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then somebody else maybe experienced the same thing, but they really just struggled the whole rest of their life. And why is that? So it's not always these circumstances or the people or the event, but it's like, were there um, buffers of goodness or help in the midst of it? And that makes a difference. So trauma can be what we expect, like war and accidents and medical mm-hmm. trauma procedures, even procedures or experiences that are too big or too fast for our systems to uh, make sense of, make meaning of, and repair. But trauma also is very much related to, you know, it's not just also physical, mental, emotional, or sexual abuse. It can be just not having um, good enough. Um, attunement in our first years of life. We can have birth trauma. We can have in utero trauma. There's so many things that can happen in a human's lived experiences of too much or not enough for our capacity to bounce back or to healthfully deal with it. That is so interesting. I've definitely never heard it described in that way, but it makes so much sense. So how does this intersect? How does like trauma Mm -hmm. intersect with like food and body struggles, I guess? Right. Well, it's a little bit of a long story, so I'll try to make it as brief (laughs) as I can, but think about it very, let's think about it pragmatically, is that our first sources of, you know, when we're born, we are helpless and we have to be fed, we have to be changed, we have to be clothed and housed and we're very helpless and we rely on others to do it. So relationally, if our first caregivers, when I say first, it could be mom and dad, but it could just be extended community. 
-hmm. If that attunement to our needs was too much, meaning like too much over, like we don't have any space, we don't have any Mm. autonomy, we don't have any agency, developmentally, of course, developmentally appropriate. We've got too much. It can be too much stuff in our space, too much adversity. Um, Like again, all the things we talked about with trauma or not enough, not enough attunement, you know, so the, the very stereotypical parentalized kid who has to take care of everybody's emotions and be a people pleaser and be a caretaker to the adults and not enough of your own just care. Mm -hmm. What happens is you start to see nourishment is maybe a threat. And so you might have this emptiness in you of like real care. Then we can reach for food as a substitute for like a true sense of safety. Or you can push away care because a care feels like a threat. And, and that can get really overly, again, trying not to be too complex, but if nourishment is a threat, we might see eating or getting our needs met as a threat. And it would end to tie in diet culture with this. It's like if you also overtly, very overtly get abused or criticized around your body size or your food choices mm. or your needs, or it's covert, like everybody, like maybe you're, you have a body that's not the, um, the point, uh, we're pointing this body out as the wrong body. Maybe that happened, didn't happen to you directly, but there was bullying around you. There was um, fat shaming around you just from the adult fat shaming themselves or each other. That sent the message, ooh, bodies are a threat. Maybe food is a threat. And that's really inappropriate information for anyone to even, um, or, or an environment to be in, to even expect somebody developmentally to understand what's happening prior to probably about 18 years old, we start to see like, oh, it's normal to hit your body. Oh, it's normal to see food is, some foods is a threat or good or bad. And mm-hmm. so we don't really trust not necessarily the adults or the attachment figures around us Um to help us learn how to grow up and have a normal relationship with food or weight or body. And so who's going to come to the rescue? Diet culture. They tell you the rules of the game, right? Like, Oh yeah. You know, if you just get the right body, then you'll be loved. So it's like a substitute for the, maybe the love we're missing or the safety we're missing in relationship or um, the sense of accomplishment or again, agency. Or um, I find that people besides our basic needs, like food, water, oxygen, shelter, and sleep that we have to biologically need to survive. If we have the right amounts, we'll be okay, right? Well, we hopefully can thrive. But above that, we need love and security. And um, the the word's not agency, but feeling like basically like we are worth something and that we matter, like we have significance. Mm. And if you didn't, if some of those pieces are missing or are chaotic or incomplete, diet culture promises to provide them all if you just get the right body in exchange. Yeah. Or eat the right food. So this is that really complex thing I just talked about in a nutshell is like relationally, if we have some developmental wounds, I'll just call them developmental wounds of like appropriately getting needs met in a way that's like safe and understandable and it makes sense um, and we feel safe. We don't need diet culture to tell us who to be and how to get our love and needs met. If we've had some wounds, we're way more vulnerable to die culture. It just feels like the right thing to do because everybody else around us is doing it. So I must need to do it too. We don't have enough sense of self to like question it. We just do it. That is so 
Interesting. Also, the part of what stuck out to me that you initially said was like the the whole idea of like it's not just the situations when you're not getting enough, but also like potentially you're getting too much. But I don't know. I never would have thought of it that way. But all yeah. yeah. Well, and I say too much because things can like you can have like um, when I say too much, it really is like the adversity, the abuse, the adversity. Um, too much stress, too much on you. Let's say that like, you know, it, it could, doesn't have to be like somebody purposely tried to hurt you. It can just be bad circumstances. Like yeah. uh, there's a divorce where a parent dies and you have to take on this emotional burden. That's too much mm-hmm. for your age and nobody's addressing it. And I, then it becomes like, it's a non-issue. Oh, it must not be a problem because nobody notices. So my pain isn't a thing then. Okay. So you start to not trust yourself. Yeah. Well, and then when you were talking about um, diet culture and, and that role in this, it makes me, it, I feel like it just like further explains why it can be so hard for people to try to heal from diet culture, try to essentially like stop dieting when it right. has kind of filled this, certainly, yeah, like filled this void. And That's right. Itself, right. It's a, it's a, I call it a faux window. So when we don't have a robust and this is in some of the, if you ever start to look up polyvagal theory or window of tolerance. Mm-hmm. And again, nobody has to know about any of this stuff, but to understand how we manage stress, we have like this optimal zone of like what we have experience and capacity to handle. And when we go above or below that, like zone we've got built, we're going to reach for relief. So if you're feeling like in too much fight or flight and something that's helped you in the past is restricting or binging, you feel like, let's say you've eaten to bring yourself back down into some sense of like relief. It's not the same thing as joy and peace and connection, but it's less bad. Or if you restrict for the same reason, or you're in more of this people pleasing kind of frozen foggy place. That's called like the lower, like that's when, when fire flight doesn't work, we go into freeze or please or different hand or like different um, decibels of that. Mm-hmm. It's where it's like, Oh, I've tried so hard. I did everything I could, and now I'm just shutting down. It's just too much. And down there, it can look really similar. We can eat to feel something, mm. or we can eat to kind of get people off our, or not eat to get people off our back. We don't really want to do the thing, but we do it to like, you know, acquiesce essentially. And once you recognize, like, oh, those behaviors don't make me happy, they just make me feel less bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, once we recognize, oh, this is a, I call it a faux strategy or a defensive strategy. We recognize, oh, if I can like witness this, this is why diet culture offers because diet culture is really nasty. So insidiously evil. Mm-hmm. It make it knows about these developmental issues. They study attachment. Oh, oh God. They do because you can see it in the marketing. Like, oh, they're playing on people's need to feel, feel belonging. Right. That's a human need. And they, you see it in the before and after pictures. You see it in like the infomercials. You see it on everything of like, oh, they're playing on emotions. They're not, because if people actually research like, yeah, diet, wor- diet works, it's basically you're starving your, your cells. Your body is not, your biology is not going to have that for very long. Mm-hmm. They know that. So it's not about the rash. It's not about rationale. It's not about health. It's really about let's get people emotionally hooked. Yeah. to get needs met. That's it. Yikes. Or, or like to pretend like this is going to meet their needs, but it's not, you know, it, it's, it's, 
all you got to do is get people into the cycle and make them feel like it's their fault, which recapitulates again, trauma. It's, it's my fault. This thing happened to me. It's such a re-traumatization of a lot of people's stuff that they, it's just, they're just used to it. Right. They just keep doing it like, no, but there's another way. And that's not freedom. That's not true peace or love or connection. It's a re it's like a faux, like, it's just a strat. It's just a, a knockoff of what we're really looking for. So I I'm hearing you say all this and thinking like the, for the person listening, like how from, from this trauma lens and like when you start to recognize like this is the role that diet yes. are playing, like how, what can folks do considering this whole trauma cycle to kind of get away from that? I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> oh, it's a big, it's, it's, it's a process. So people shouldn't feel like, oh my gosh, okay, now I'm healing like developmental trauma too with this. It's like, right. <laughs> you may not have that. You could have just gotten, you know, like sucked in like the majority of people who, yeah, just want to, you know. You know, the, the, the Kool-Aid is really, really sparkly. And yes. like, if you just get a smaller body, you'll be healthy and be fine. It's like, and then you get in it and you're like, whoa, I didn't know the Kool-Aid actually on the backside had this like arsenic label on it. Yikes. Whoops. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you have some deep seated thing. You could. Uh -huh. I think that a lot of people, once they recognize, oh, I've been duped. You've got to work this stage of like, you know, grief and rage about that. And a lot of compassion for yourself that like the only way out of this is going through, which is I have to feed myself and it's going to feel really uncomfortable. Like I'm failing, but that's programming. Yeah. You've been programmed to think that you're a failure because you're like feeding yourself normally. Mm -hmm. You're not a failure. This is just part of like pushing away back to this cycle of no embodiment is not failure. Like feeding yourself normally from hunger and fullness and getting your needs met and taking up space and having agency isn't failure. That's just freedom. Yes. I love that. So Tracy, I feel like I'm like jumping in 20 directions, but I want to make sure we're touching on, <laughs> touching on things in our short amount of time together. We talked before we started recording about this idea of like willpower and like, yeah. And like not being able to, you know, I don't know, do things on this healing journey when it comes to food and body stuff. So can you just like speak to that a little bit? Well, I want to make sure people recognize that we are more than just these cognitive brains that can think our way out of situations. We can't willpower a body um, into better health per se, or to not restricting or not binging. What we want to do is create a compassionate witness. Like how did I get here? And what is the function of this right now? Whatever it is you're doing. So um, it, this comes up a lot. And I think this is why people come to me and work with me is like, they're like, Tracy, I watched, I read all the books. I've done all the things. <laughs> it's like, I know what I need to do, but it's like, when it comes to like action time, I feel stuck. Mm -hmm. And what I want to remind people is that if you ever feel stuck, you know, that you're at this kind of like crossroads of like, you're here and now self wants freedom. And there's some part of you that's scared. Mm -hmm. We can have, or like, feeling like if I let this go, I'm letting people down. I'm letting myself down. And that's a story from the past. It's not necessarily congruent with now time and the people you have in your life and the circumstances you're in. But just remember, I, I call stuckness as a trauma vortex. So just like stop a second and like, wow, yes. what part of me is afraid to do the thing? Like, you know, reach out to the dietitian or the support people to get support or um, instead of lone wolfing this and figuring out myself, that's a strategy. People who are afraid to get support 
are people who've had to really take care of themselves because it wasn't safe to be vulnerable Yeah. in the past. People who are struggling to like not skip breakfast are people who are afraid of like, oh, if I eat more food, I'll get hungry and I'll gain weight and then nobody will love me and then I'll be alone. So it's a dark spiral fast. Yes. It's like, oh, this is about love. This is not about like if you start eating breakfast that you'll weigh a thousand pounds. That's not congruent with how the body is going to work, but it doesn't matter if you in your past have weight gain intersect like overcoupled with like truth is Tracy I saw people in my life who got more criticism when they gained weight and that didn't feel like love so I don't want to go there that's totally legit but we've got to work on that because um those people whoever did that or however you witnessed that aren't the end all be all of but they're not all there is in terms of like being in safe relationship Right. And now time in the past, that could have been all you had. Mm-hmm. And now time, it's probably different. And if it's not, we got to work on that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is, that is so interesting. I feel like this is just for me personally, I'm assuming some folks listening, like a whole new lens to just like consider. And it sounds really powerful. So I guess my question for you is for folks listening who are like, all right, this sounds like an area I want to explore more. Like, how this all fits in, like, what do you recommend uh, for those people? Well, so if you like to read, um, gosh, there's so many resources. I don't want to overwhelm people, but a really (laughs) good teacher around like the physiology of like trauma and those kind of things and what it looks like therapeutically, there is a book and please don't let the title scare you off. It's called (laughs) polyvagal theory in therapy, (laughs) but it is super duper accessible to anybody. So clinicians or, um, lay people alike, you can get healing from it. You're going to learn stuff. So the, the author is Deb Dana. It's somebody that I've trained with. She's excellent, excellent clinician and teacher. And that's why it's like, I look for clinicians who know what they're doing, who are also teachers who also understand the theory. She's a good mix. Um, if you want to learn, um, there's a podcast called, uh, therapist, maybe uncensored. I think I'm getting that wrong. But they have three episodes, I don't think it's 51, or no, I'm sorry, 59, 60, and 61 in particular, that talk about attachment. So you can understand like what's happening in relationship maybe with other people and food, if that's where you know for sure you're getting stuck and like fear of connection with your food. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, those are just two places to get started. There's so much more. I just don't want to overwhelm people starting off. Yeah. Um, just to learn like some background you know information that is perfect i'm super interested to look into them myself can you also share with us tracy where people can find you and like what you offer in this realm sure so um the i guess the two places i hang out the most would be my website so tracybrownrd.com lots of free gifts there lots of gifts around helping yourself get grounded around meals it's super important to work on starting to get settled in your system, have a landing pad to eat more normatively. There's a lot of stuff there for that. Um, Because if you're not a social media person, all the videos that I do, the teaching videos I do on Facebook, so that would be Tracy Brown RD on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of teaching, a lot of videos there. But if you're not a social person, you can just go to the website. And I do, um, I kind of like replay and reblog all the things I do on social over there. So if you're not, you know, wherever you like to hang out. 
So that's for, I guess, guess, you know, like maybe clients, but if you're a professional listening to this, I also have a website called Embodied Dietitian Mm -hmm. where I do trauma-informed, you know, counseling skills training and just deeper work around this topic as well. So, you know, just depends on what you're looking for and what depth of information you need. Um, And we provide one-on-one and group programs as well that, um, you know, depending on how you learn and what level of access to care you want. Perfect. You've got, you've got all sorts of things going on. Lots of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, you, I've been doing this for a long time, so you, you know, make stuff. (laughs) Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Tracy. This has been so helpful. Oh, Kirsten, thank you for having me. I'm glad I can give people just a little taste of like, if something doesn't feel like it's right or something's not landing, know that there may be something in your stress physiology is trying to tell you that like you need something more or something is too much or there's somebody too much of other people's gunk in your system. And we just got to make some room for you to feel safer in, in your body. That's all. Yes. Oh, that's so helpful. All right, guys, that is a wrap on episode 85. Definitely go find Tracy on Instagram at Tracy Brown RD. And if you're interested in any of those masterclass recordings at the discounted rate, uh, don't forget to go over to the intuitiverd.com slash shop. And you can get all of those at that discounted rate through Saturday, October 20, uh, sorry, October 9th, which is when I return from Aruba. All right, guys. Well, hopefully I will talk to you really soon. Have a good rest of your week.